This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. In this week's special episode of Barkcast, Russell is talking to Cheryl Mathis from Fetch a Date, a dating website and app. Imagine the scene. You've met someone new, started a new relationship, and it's all been going great. They're fabulous. You click. You're amazing together. But then it happens, and you find out they like cats. So let's get straight into Russell's chat with Cheryl Mathis from Fetch a Date. Welcome to another edition of Barkcast and a special episode today as we have a rather special guest. So to help us with today's discussion, a big Barkcast welcome to Cheryl Mathis. How are you? Hi, I'm great, Russell. Thanks for having me on. Now, normally on Barkcast, uh, we delve into listener questions, which usually revolve around sort of various behaviors and problems that people are having and, and that they want to know sort of you know, get some help and some tips as to how to fix that. But today's a little bit different because we're going to look about at the impact of, of dogs and pets on relationships. So, and where you fit into this is you have a, you've had a dating website. So why don't yes. you tell us a bit more about Fetch a Date? Yeah. So I created Fetch a Date because I looked at it as I know that dating is a challenge mm-hmm. and the Fetch a Date app really helps solve that by connecting singles over what they already love their pets. And it's it's a unique type of dating app because here the pet can be real or virtual. And we call it their wing pet in the app. And so and they're the ones who are first seen when people are searching. And the pet even leaves clues about their owner, reveals them. So there's there's bound to be a lot more success in being seen with the pet doing the introduction. Okay. Just Clarify for me between the virtual versus real. So if it's like my dog and I actually have a dog, that's one thing. But if it's if I don't have a dog, but I've got a virtual yeah, everybody Because everyone needs some kind of pet because that's who's doing the introduction, who they see first. And as you probably see this all the time, a lot of times people are in between pets. Maybe their pet yeah. passed away or they just can't have one right now because of where they live or their job. So I offer several different virtual pets in the app. Um, they can even have their real pet seen in there and a virtual pet. Um, okay. Because I think also the virtual pet can be an extension of your personality. Gotcha. Okay. So this is, this is more about saying, you know, even if I, you know, maybe I'm in the market, I'm looking to get a dog anyway. Right. But and, and, and ultimately what we're getting to is the crux of it. Pets are a massive part of our lives. They're, they're, they're not just things that we have they're part of our family so they are massively important so obviously if we are meeting new people and we're having new relationships those pets are a a massive part of that and that's obviously where we can start to get a few issues and what have you yeah completely they are part of the family they're part of the path i know for single people as well they feel like they even come first the pet will come first before they even decide to have that second date with that person because if they don't like their pet they're most likely won't even be a second date. So, and they're very much involved in the decision process. I hear people say all the time, like, well, if my pet doesn't like them or, you know, I let them sniff them out or her out and I get, I take a cue from their vibe. So they're very much part of the decision process. It's very cliched. And I, I've got two sort of takes on this because one from a, um, 
from a real life perspective, everything you just said is true. We go through what the do- what does the dog think? A new person comes into my life and my dog sort of acts differently. Well, obviously, this is not the right person for me. So we, we take our cues and our, our dating advice from our dogs or our cats or, or whatever first. From a trainer's perspective, I kind of look at it and I wonder, because obviously dogs take a lot of their cues from us and how we act, offering how they react to it. So if our, if our friends are popping around to the house all the time and we're having a coffee or having a chat and our dogs are used to our friends, we're acting in a certain way. If a new date comes to the house or we're out and about for that first walk or what have you, we're going to be different because we're always different on a first date. And then mm-hmm. our dog is going to think, well, hang on, you're acting different. Maybe it's this person. Maybe they're the problem. Maybe I should get rid of them. Exactly. And I'm so glad we're talking about this because okay. I think we can read into a lot of it ourselves and we may be right and we might be wrong Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely i mean we do know our pets but as you mentioned we could be it's maybe us as the factor that's actually behaving a lot differently um but on the same turn you know sometimes pets can react and maybe sure but uh yeah and fetch a date i even call it though no pet no problem so Uh that if people don't have a pet right now that's fine you know they can create their find their virtual pet or pick one they can even pick a turtle a snake a pig <laughs> a parrot <laughs> <That's anything. laughs> you know, yeah. a whole menagerie of yeah of yeah. different types of pets but we have different cats and dogs in there too yeah. um, but you brought up a great point as well that sometimes when one person has a pet and then the other doesn't it actually may make it easier for them to have those first dates because they're only having to deal then with one pet. Yes. You know, because then when you bring in the dynamics of they both have a pet and they don't get along, you know, then we need to call up Russell. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> get some more training. And yeah, because a, a lot of circumstances can go awry. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've been firsthand with that a few times uh, with some clients that they, they've got together. And uh, we've had dogs and cats. We've had dogs getting together. And yeah, and it can be it can be quite traumatic because, you know, mm-hmm. certainly, and I mean, anything, if you, within an, within an existing relationship, if there's, if there's issues, you know how to work around certain things, but in a new relationship, if it's, you know, early doors and you know, the two dogs are having a fight, it's then about, you know, you know, well, your dog did this and well, your dog did that. And that's going to be that that's your breaking point right there. So a lot of the mm-hmm. time it's looking at, yeah, we hadn't, it's, it's almost worth, you know, contacting a trainer Now here I, I plug for myself about how to have that initial engagement, how to get those dogs to meet on, on the first time and how for us as owners to act around that particular scenario so that hopefully that kind of goes a little bit more smoothly. And the sad part is, a bit like people, not all dogs are going to get on. There mm-hmm. might just be those, those, those two. I'm, I'm obviously for me focusing mainly on, on dogs here, but it might just be that it's a difficult dynamic to work through. So what do we do in those sort of situations? It's a, it's a really interesting topic. And that's why I like, really, really, really love what you've been doing with this. Yeah, well, thanks. I know it's fun. And I think the, the best way to, it is so nice to see when people do connect first, just over their love of pets. Uh, and it's really exciting. But yeah, once they do get after the initial chats and seeing the photos and they're all excited. And then now that everybody's getting to meet more in person, when they do get to that step, it's like, oh, no, they have a cat and I have a dog or I'm allergic or yeah. what if my my dog really has high prey drive? How can we make this work? And it's especially when the couple is really getting along. 
Um, I've also seen situations where I had a lady and the guy, he, he didn't have a pet and she had a dog and he would come over and he'd be like, let's go to the park or let's go do this. Let's, let's go on a hike. And by about the third or fourth date, she started feeling like he was coming over more for the dog yeah. than her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, She was feeling like the third wheel in the conversation yeah. <laughs> and the date. So, um, you know, I've had that where it can kind of go both ways too. people fall in love with one another's pets. And that's kind of why I also geared the app the way it is so that you see the pet first, yes. because, you know, when you see those adorable big brown eyes, or especially if a pet has or just green or blue eyes, right? You can just be so enamored with it right. and feel like, okay, I'm I'm sure who owns this pet is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so they truly are the iceberg. I call them the wing pet. The wing pet, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you raise a very interesting point there, actually, yeah, in terms of, you know, for example, I don't have a, a pet in my life at the minute. I've, I've looked at this profile and yeah, I'm, I'm actually, maybe I'm falling in love with the dog. <laughs> I mean, we go on a few dates and what have you. And yeah, I'm really interested in the dog. The dog's fantastic. Not quite so sure about the owner, but I do like the dog. <laughs> right. I can't even walk into a shelter because I want to walk out with like five different dogs. And yeah. Yeah. Cats, we've all, all, I, I think yeah. we've all been there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. How long have you had Fetch Date for? How long has it been going? So it launched just Valentine's Day of this year. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So it was kind of the thing I was working on, the design and, and as an app, it's now in the App Store and Google Play. Okay. So and obviously globally available. Oh, yes. Everywhere. And in terms of sort of your, your own experience and what have you, do you feel people can tell if they, 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 this new partner doesn't like their dog or their cat or their pet? Because sometimes people oh, yeah. can be polite, right? So if I if you meet someone and you think, oh, they've got this dog and it's it's they've got a St. Bernard and it's the one breed I hate, but you know, I like this person, so I'll keep quiet. Do you think people can instantly work that out? I think they could work it out, but I think they I think as a pet lover, you can instantly tell if somebody's faking yeah. it. Um before launching Fetch a Date, I had done tons of in person dog events. Um, even though Fetch a Date is for pet lovers, all yeah. kinds of pets, but these were specifically dog events. And um, a lot of people would bring their dogs and we'd have them in these shishi cocktail lounges and such. And then some people wouldn't bring a pet and they said they, either they didn't have one at the time or that maybe their pet wasn't great to bring to a situation like that. But then there were some of those that we could just tell that they were faking it. They yeah. were coming because they wanted, <laughs> they wanted to meet others but they really were not used to being around a pet. They, you can just tell the way they pet, you know, like yeah, they almost yeah. like pat yeah. the back of a pet rather yeah. than just like actually petting it and stroking it. Uh, there's just little subtle signs that I think you can tell right away. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's endearing if they're truly trying mm -hmm. um, because they do want to connect with someone or maybe they always wanted a pet, but never were able to have one because, of, you know, in their family, when they were growing up, I hear lots of stories like that. My mom never let me have one or my dad. So it might be now they want to fulfill that and try it out with at least dating a pet lover. But um, so I think if they at least are earnest, it rings true. But I think you can definitely tell. You can tell that they don't know how to pick up the pet. Right? Yeah, 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 right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. How to hold one, how to even talk to it, or they might be a little skittish with putting their hand near it. So as opposed to someone who's really comfortable with round pets, they just go right in for it. Steam right in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're approaching this from, from a pet person level. So I'm obviously, you know, pets are the, they're the important part of this, which 
as twee as it might sound on a certain level, it is. It's hugely important, and particularly, it's when I first came across the, the fetch day concept. My first thought was, well, yeah, look, really interesting idea, but is it just a different take on a on a on a dating website? And yes, it is. But ultimately, dogs and and cats and pets, as we said at the beginning, are so important in people's lives. You really have to put that front and center because otherwise, you do run that risk of little later on down the line. Well, hey, this this new guy is just spending all his time with this dog and. You probably need to know that at the front end, the dog is. This is my life. This is what I do. This is integral, and you have to yeah. figure that or, or work around it and what have you. And it goes so much deeper than somebody saying, "Oh, I like to go skiing or hiking or," right? I mean, when you have a pet, it really is at your core, um, and so much so that even now, fifty fifty five percent of singles are pet owners, and millennials are even really stepping it up in terms of. Um, owning cats and dogs, uh, and wow. men in particular. So, forty-eight percent owned a cat, and seventy-one percent owned a dog, out of those who are single. So, right. and it's really, I think, we especially see in the last year where pet adoptions have really gone up, and people have realized that having something to come home to on a regular basis that you feel is loyal and you know sleeps with you probably yeah. when in bed and is always there by your side. When uh, I wrote a book two years ago called Leashes and Lovers, mm -hmm. and one chapter in it I featured was all about when you lose a pet. I had so many uh, pet owners say to me that they cried harder when their cat or dog died than even when a parent did of theirs. Um, and I think because, you know, a lot of them said, you know, as you're an adult, especially, and you have that pet with you. 24-7 practically, if you, well, if you are home or working from home, um, but it's always there every day. I mean, it shares, it sees you at, at every moment of your life, your best, your worst. And it's amazing how even though you can't talk to it um, in the same language necessarily, but yet we feel so connected to them and we do well, talk to them like they talk to us. No, absolutely. So, and I, I, I know, again, with my pet owner versus trainer hat on. Um, yeah. It's not, and I, I, I act the same as every other pet owner does in terms of how I talk to my dog. It's just, it's just what we do. I mean, yes, I'm very much aware that she really doesn't understand what I'm saying, but it's not going to stop me having that, that heart to heart conversation of, of an evening with her. It's just, that's just the way we operate, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, just, I was going to dive into the last year and what have you, sort of being a, a kerfuffle with relationships. Brings up a great point. And I'd like to talk to address the idea of, people getting back out there now in person and starting mm -hmm. to date. But I think especially what we've learned by doing more Zoom calls with people and friends and family and virtual meetups, I'm actually recommending a lot of people start off that way. Okay. And to date even, make themselves at least have five to 15 different dates, but all virtual. Okay. Um, because I think it really opens up the door because the days of Oh, even on that first date, meeting them in person. And like you mentioned, are the pets going to get along? And there's so many other circumstances. But if they just do at first the virtual date mm -hmm. and just keep it short, no more than 15 minutes, say hello, meet at least five to 15 different people and just getting back in the groove, you know, and yeah. it's a safe environment and they could even show each other their pets if they have them, mm -hmm. but it keeps it all on a safe keel. And plus you know right away sometimes in the first five, 10 minutes, if it's really, if you want to even have that in-person yes. date. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm really encouraging these people now. And I think that's one good thing that came out of the pandemic in a sense is us being able to actually meet up with a lot of people mm-hmm. anywhere and, and to do in a more safe zone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And th- there was there was two things from that. One is you're right when you when you whether it's a Zoom chat, a, a virtual chat, or a real life chat, you meet certain people and you can just click and talk and chat and just you know off your pop. Whereas you meet other people like, hi, how are you? I'm fine. And it's just there's just nothing. So right. you're right in terms of just having a few chats sort of online, just getting to know each other a little bit better and sort of work through things. You'll kind of get a vibe as to whether there's there's any legs in this that's worth pursuing. So it is a really good way of just doing that initial kind of intro. And the the other the the additional side to that is sometimes if you're sort of doing your first date, it's going for that dog walk, which is always nice to get out and about. It's making sure that the the conversation isn't always just about our dogs. It's got to be about us as as people, right? And connecting on that sort of level. Yeah, that's a great point. If the whole conversation is always about everything else, and especially the pets, but yeah. it's never doesn't get to the core of the people. Yeah, then that's an issue too. Plus, I think it'd be great to just see their pets virtually at first and realize I I talked to a lot of people as well who, you know, may just be really afraid of certain breeds as much as they may love. Yeah, yeah, and just be uncomfortable with huge breeds uh, versus, you know, if they've always been a small dog person. Yeah. Or, you know, I had a a bad experience with a Jack Russell as a child or, or, or what have you, and this new person's got a Jack Russell, things like that. No, absolutely. So always good to see it sort of <laughs> out there first <laughs> before mm-hmm. we sort of go diving in. Well, listen, Cheryl, that's, um, we, we could talk about this for hours, no doubt. <laughs> it's really been fascinating. But thank you very much for joining us on Barkcast. Um, and hopefully we can do this again sometime in the future. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you so much. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.